Now. Three, two, one, go! Welcome to episode 27 of the Cooldown Time Podcast. I am your graphically impressive host, Marco, and joining me is my longtime friend and slightly remastered co-host that wishes a glitch would. We got Pablo in the house. Pablo, how's your week, man? It's been glitchy, man. Yeah, it's been... It's been glitchy? It's been glitchy like a motherfucker. Long ass on, uh, hours, uh, not enough gaming time, and, you know, uh, just general life stuff that's really... Uh, Excuse me, I'm going to go cry. All right, yeah. Either that or patch it. Uh, do, do what you got to do. <laughs> uh, what, what is your... Uh, before we get into the show, what, what is the funniest glitch you've ever seen in a in a video game? Do you have one offhand that you think of? Uh, not one really that I can think of. Um, I, I think the one that everybody talks about is the one from Unity. The, uh, Unity. Oh man, those were the terrible. horrible. I didn't get. I didn't get the <laughs> terrible like one that looked like, uh, hor- but I did get kind of like the the teeth one where there was a, a a scene where he's talking to to his love interest and all of a sudden like the right side of his face glitches <laughs> through and it's, it's just his whole jaw structure and teeth. I was like, ah, oh my god. <laughs> See, that's the thing about glitches. Either they're like horrendously scary or they're hilarious. Like my mine are um my, my favorites are the ones from the WWE 2K series. Oh, oh my god. When they're the like complete Oh, the, the arms flailing or like the, there's always there's a gif of the referee with his arm behind his back and it just whips around and then you see a thumbs up. <laughs> it's, it's so great. Yeah, those are, those it's are so like, great. My favorite one of those are like when they get caught in the ropes, like it, it yeah, like the collision oh de- detection doesn't know what the hell to do. And it's just like a horror show on my huh? broken limbs. <laughs> Come on, JR here, JR. Man. He's broken. It's got as my witness. He is broken in half. half. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. All right. Well, let's go ahead and get the show started. Uh, we have a great episode, uh, as as you would expect. Uh, we have loadouts as usual. We're going to be talking some uh, some GTA. We're going to be talking some Battlefield 2042 and some updates on Call of Duty and Forza. We've got hit points, which is our new segment of the show. We've got three very interesting stories to cover um, in in this week's episode and. Of course, we have our Checkpoint Chat, which is continuing our end-of-year coverage as we get into a year-in-review for the Sony PlayStation 5, so you're not going to want to miss that. Uh, If you like what you hear, give our podcast a sub. We're on Spotify and all your favorite streaming apps. And if you're listening to us on Apple Podcasts, please leave us a five-star review and write a few nice words, which will help our show grow. And lastly... Keep us in your FOV in between episodes by following us on Instagram at Cooldown Time Podcast or Twitter at Cooldown Time Pod to stay connected with your boys. Pablo, with that being said, let's get right into loadouts. All systems nominal. Loadouts ready. And we have to obviously start with uh, the remaster disaster of the uh, the Grand Theft Auto trilogy, definitive, not so definitive edition. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's not so definitively good at all. At all. Um, now, now, me and Pablo uh, did not buy the the, the complete uh, 
you know, package of, of the trilogy. We actually just played uh, San Andreas, which was on Game Pass day one, uh, which was convenient. Uh, and and uh, from what we played, a very telling, uh, very yeah. telling experience about the quality of of, of this uh, this collection. So, Pablo, I'm going to kick it off to you first. Uh, give me your thoughts about this. How, how did it feel? And and what's what's going on here? What happened? Yeah, I mean, I think it's important to say uh, these are like Andre is like an 18, 17 year old game at this point. So I wasn't expecting much. So my my bar uh, of like kind of exceeding expectations, well, kind of like where I had it, where it needed to be for me to enjoy it was very low. That bar was super low. It didn't have to do anything outrageously great. Uh, I was pretty content with the control scheme being the big part of the remaster where they kind of changed to the Grand Theft Auto V scheme, which that is great. You know, that is very good. That's yeah. a game changer in itself. Um, I, 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 I want to play Vice City, but, you know, let's get into kind of why that's probably never going to happen for, as, a, <laughs> as it stands. I, 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 in terms of what works, it's the control scheme and the nostalgia factor. That's that's kind of it. Uh, the nostalgia factor of the game uh, of the game is, is, is present. Like it, it kind of just. It's always good to be in these in, in old games that were kind of important to you. San Andreas, it, it, not so much for me, but still within that world of Grand Theft Auto. I mean, visually, the game uh, outside of character models looks better, but that's not you're not saying much because again, this is a 17, 18 year old game. There's not a lot there. Uh, honestly, this game is bug ridden more than the original. Environmental bugs like rain. You know, the, the, the oh, that was so funny seeing those. Yeah, images. it was like, like what? It, literally, it was like, <laughs> what's happened? You can't see anything. It was incredible in, in oh, the worst it was way brutal. possible. Uh, frame rate dips uh, on a 17 year old game. Terrible quality mode and performance mode. Why is there a quality versus performance option? This yeah, whole of a this, game, this, like, what, what's is, the struggle with getting it to look good and run good at the same time? This motherfucker just should run at 500 frames per second clean. Go Son, easy, dude. And then the character models, you know, a, a lot of I, I kind of gave this game a lot of the benefit of doubt about art style, saying, hey, look, they did a really nice pivot. This is a polygonal mess from from the yes yesteryear, and, and they pivoted into a more a, a cartoonish look which would work except the disproportionate character models are ridiculous cj's head is like seven feet long like it don't make no sense and he looks coked out and it's like <laughs> nah man he's good he's healthy yeah. but he looks he looks like he's in shambles and he has scoliosis yeah it's crazy <laughs> like just with your back bro it's at, like you, you, i mean the character obviously third person uh shooter type so you see him from the back of the whole time and it looks like his shoulders are like nine feet Hi, I mean it's ridiculous. He looks absolutely oh, ridiculous, and then it's terrible, absolutely awful sound design. That game sounds dry as hell. Like it's dry, muffled. It, they didn't remaster the audio, really. No, that's the. It's like okay, that's that sucks. It just sounds like everything's coming out of a tin can now. Cool. It really, it's really bad. And then when you look at it from the point of view of the fact that this is a older game, it it has a remaster on the title. You expect some kind of thing to be remastered. Besides a control scheme, there's nothing on here. You know, it, it's 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 horrible it's a horrible job and then um you know that tweet that i sent you marco uh oh yeah a tweet from skill up i believe yeah right? from skill up and and that tweet and he makes he makes a great point because in that tweet he says um he says here how to scam your customers the the strauss zelnick way base the gta remaster on mobile <laughs> uh, ports ignore it Issues identified during development, issue DMCA strikes to community mods, delist the originals from Steam, don't release gameplay prior to launch, don't issue review code, profit. Because that's exactly <laughs> what this is. I mean, it is 
absolutely it is mind-blowing how bad this is and the fact that you can't even buy the originals anymore it, it kind of reminds me when like steven uh not steven Spielberg, when uh, george lucas took the original trilogy of star wars and then put horrible cgi in it and then oh yeah you, i remember that you couldn't even yeah. buy the originals anymore <laughs> it's it, they take away everything that your childhood from you and then they offer this all of is, it this is the standard now go home are, are they gonna fix this i don't think so why would they i mean why would they spend any time doing fixing this the Oh man! I think the best thing to do is put do. back the old shit on, on uh, to the sale. But even then, that's a problem because the new soundtrack they took some stuff out of it because you know right. they don't have the rights. Right. So licensing was up. Yeah, um, they're they're in a they're in a jam. I mean, and, and this is this is what happens when you cobble together a, a half-hearted you know remaster effort that you clearly just did to cash in you know in some capacity for the holidays. You know, you wanted to make some money. This was the easiest way to do it, and uh, in, in their mind, it was the least amount of work. It, you know th- that tweet that you just read off uh, from Skill Up. I think one thing that really stands out is is basing the remaster off of mobile ports. I mean, yeah. there's not a lot of of, of fine tuning they, they really honestly did, and the things that they did add into the equation graphically, they really didn't test to make sure that that stuff was running properly. I mean, as soon as you start. San Andreas, the clouds are glitchy and, and pixelated. Um, you have like the the street posts, uh, you know, flickering in and out. Yeah. Um, the power lines are flickering in and out. The lighting is is all over the place. It's so bright, and then uh, you can't see anybody because the shadows are screwed up. Like it's like no one really did any kind of QA on this at all. It was just like, hey lowest common denominator let's put this out it's gta people will buy it and and it's clearly not working because now people want refunds well, it's been, and it's, it's just causing off all the these PC headaches completely you can't buy it on pc exactly i mean they were so sloppy that i think someone said that they put uh that part of the reason why they took it down was because they they had certain code in there that wasn't supposed to be in there uh and they have it was unintentionally in there and they had to pull it to take it out and then they're going to put it back you know back on the store i guess once that's gone or something like just complete bush league uh, type of stuff from Rockstar, and, and 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 that's not what you expect from Rockstar. At least not for me. I'm, not I'm really, pretty shocked no. about this. I mean, I know they're money hungry, but at the same time, it's like, man, this but, is. But even this then, is, this is different, though. Even then, being money hungry, they are still like profiting off Grand Theft Auto Five, but people are still playing it. I mean, I I, I can't think of an sure. I can't think of an example of a game that Rockstar has ever put out that's had any kind of issues like this. Uh, you know, it's 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 crazy. They're they're trying to cash in on the remaster, uh, remake, uh, kind of stuff that's happening right now. But I mean, they they really didn't give a flying fuck about this. I mean, not one fuck was given when it came to to doing any of this. Now, I have heard that uh, you know, I guess because how old they are, Grand Theft Auto Three specifically is a little better. Vice City is riddled with bugs apparently, and I think San Andreas yeah. is the worst of them. Um, it it is has to be, yeah. And it really it's hurts bad. because it's like. <laughs> I want this to do good so they can remake or do whatever the hell they're doing with Grand Theft Auto 4, which I fucking love. But well, at this point... I was just going to say... Yeah. Yeah. I was just going to say, dude, uh, it, we talked about this kind of being a test. And I don't think they want any parts of doing 4 after this. I would be well, shocked. I mean, it, well, fuck them. Because it's like, I don't want any part of... They don't want any parts of doing this. But they're the ones that really just put this piece of shit out, you know? Oh no! I totally. That's agree what I'm saying. Yeah, I'm just yeah. saying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm just saying that they they don't want to roll the dice like this again. It's not it's not worth the the, the PR hit. That and, they're taking and it's so crazy because right all they had all. to do was this much, like very little. I'm, you know, holding up oh. my fingers real close together. That's all they had to do. That's all they had to do. <laughs> 
man. It could have been an easy win, but uh, man, they they have a hell of a hill to climb. Um, this isn't, you know, I think you know Twitter has made this sound cyberpunk bad. It's not that. There's a lot of different, Aww. a lot of different variables that make this totally different. But still, in all, this is a bad look, and I think this needs to be addressed in a very. Uh, you know, professional, cordial manner on the part of Rockstar. Uh, and, you know, I've also heard that Sony is is, is kind of being tough about giving refunds out um, because of their partnership with with Rockstar and, you know, the agreements that they've had together. That needs to stop, too, if that, if that, if that is true. That, that's well, total crap. Well, I mean, you know, Sony so. was very quick to, to pull Cyberpunk, even though Microsoft had a very partnership with that developer. So, I mean, you right. got to be consistent so, at this point, you know? Exactly. Yeah, you can't pick your battles like that. Um, but we got to move on, uh, you know, to the next thing. Um, but hopefully for the people who did buy this this collection, it gets better sooner than later or uh, you're able to get your money back yeah. because you certainly deserve it. Yeah. Um, moving on, brother, I got uh, in the uh, early access, not early access, I think it's the uh, it's the EA Play trial, the trial yeah. uh, or Game Pass trial uh, for Battlefield 2042. Um, now, as I've said, you know, uh, in, in past episodes, I'm a Battlefield guy, uh, always have been for, for many, many years. Uh, the beta, when that came out, that was a massive massive letdown because of how rough it it, it, it controlled and yep. it played and it left a lot of lot of uh, sour flavors in, in, a lot in my, to be desired. My, my tongue palate. Yes, sir. Um so I spent about maybe four hours of, of playtime um with Battlefield and and here's here's kind of the rundown. I think I'm gonna start with kind of the takeaways first and then go backwards. Um Battlefield twenty forty two is going to be a fantastic game this time next year. It's going to be great. It's going to have a lot of things tuned, a lot of things fixed, a lot of things added in, a lot of features that are glaringly missing added into the experience, and it's going to be much, much more fun as a result. Um, the current product, on the other hand, has its moments of, of, of goodness, but it is pretty average to unremarkable at best, and that's coming from, again, diehard Battlefield fan. Uh, it needs a lot of work, uh, especially when it comes to uh, tuning the combat flow of the game, um, and it needs more of basic standard features to be where it needs to be, including like weapons, I mean, all the way down to stuff like that. Um, now, it's not all bad. Uh, the pros of this game is that it runs very smooth and very stable with actually surprisingly minimal jank compared to the beta. It's almost night and day. I mean, it is, it is a shockingly smooth and, and good feeling experience. The controls feel amazing. The aiming feels incredible. Very tight, very responsive. Um, surprisingly, not a lot of bugs that I've run into. Now, there are some server issues at this stage because it's, you know, they're kind of taking a hit. Um, but not a lot of bugs. I mean, the, the worst I've seen is um, like a lamppost, a light post on the street will kind of like float in the air a little bit before falling. So it's just like light physics stuff like that, but nothing crazy. Um, movement and aiming, like I said, feels, feels great. Um, no issues there. Uh, the portal maps. Now the portal mode is real, basically real quick, where you, did they fix yeah, the way ahead. those, uh, how crazy the parachutes looked? Yeah. To me, yes, I think they have. Cause them look nuts. It's not, Perfect. Yeah, but it's it's definitely a lot better. One um, one, one more thing I want to say. Do you think yeah, you yeah, said this time next year that this was going to be a great game? Do you think it will have the support of the community this time next year if the game didn't launch the way that people were expecting? For example, is Marco going to be playing this game this time next year? 
I think it's going to depend on a couple of factors um, beyond just what they're able to patch and fix and update. I think it's going to come down to um, supplying this this game with uh, more modes. I think it's going to come down to adding more operators to the game, uh, which is the new thing that replaces the class-based systems. Uh, it's kind of like an Overwatch type of feel, almost in, in a yeah. way, like a hero shooter. Uh, adding more of that kind of content in the game, keeping the game feeling fresh, adding new maps, adding new modes and match types is especially going to be critical. Um, and then, you know, going back to what I was just going to say about Portal, the Portal mode is is kind of like the go and play retro Battlefields mode uh, that has stuff from Battlefield 1942. Bad Company 2, Battlefield 3, uh, and probably way more to come. That stuff is incredible. I mean, I was I was almost getting choked up playing Bad Company 2 on a next gen looking, you know, uh, you know, aesthetic with a full lobby. You know, it was it was like, oh my God, this is happening. I'm playing Battlefield Bad Company 2 right now. If they can keep adding more maps and modes to that feature, this game's gonna be a very it's gonna be a lot of game, and that's a good thing. Um, especially since it's only multiplayer, right? Um, so I think that's where it could be potentially a, a hit, you know, long term. Uh, the cons is that it's visually very average. Uh, combat flow is a is a huge mess right now. It's probably the biggest problem the game has. Uh, Conquest in particular is uh, just just bloated. Uh, you know, in the past it was like. You know, Conquest was about like maybe five points, A, B, C, D, E, you go take them. But now they've expanded that because the maps are so much bigger and the player count so much bigger. Now it's uh, within A, there's A1, A2. Yeah. And so you have to take those mini sectors to take the whole sector of A. Um, and it just makes a very slow, just that running around aimlessly, not knowing where to go and what to do kind of experience. Um, which is a stark contrast to previous battlefields. Uh, and, and ironically, the portal mode that has those classic maps makes that abundantly clear when you play the new stuff. Um, so that, to that point, maps are still humongously large for no reason. Uh, variety of weapons is very, very low. And honestly, a lot of the weapons that they have in the arsenal are not very usable because you're better off either sniping or using DMRs because of this the scale and scope of the maps. Yeah. There's really no point in having a shotgun in a yeah. in a game like this. It's silly. Um uh the new hazard mode, which is kind of a uh, it's a weird PvP mode where you're basically a team of four that's going out and collecting resources on a map with other squads of four. Um, and then, you know, the more you extract, the better your score is, I guess. It just falls flat. It's not very interesting at all. Um, so are you, are you battling yeah, other other teams for the more? Yes. There's so like that's kind of like it's, the... it's like a it's like 32 players in total, but teams of four. And you have the the giant map, and then scattered throughout that map are these data um, sticks or data drives or whatever. That so you it reminds me like, um, uh, oh my god! What every 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 episode, I forget the game. Uh, it's that one. Forget it. I'm not gonna remember. It's yeah. the one by well, Ubisoft with the guns. <laughs> <laughs> you mean everything? Division. Uh division. Like dark uh, yeah, the dark sector. The dark sector mode or whatever. A little bit yeah. of that. Yeah. It's got some it's got some flavor from from the division for sure. And a lot of other stuff too. Um but it just disappoints. It's not very interesting. Um missing features, there's no scoreboards in this game. You can't tell how good you're doing. Huh? Whatsoever. At all. Why? Yeah. Literally no scoreboards. You have no <laughs> what idea what's going on at all um 
you know, the UI and the menu navigation is still, it, it's better than the beta, but it's still unreliable and consistent. Um, but the scoreboard thing is just like, come on, bro. So things like that have why to they be would fixed do that. and added. It's, it's silly, dude. Like I, I get, I mean, there's, there's just no excuse for it. There's just no rational excuse for that type of thing. So um, that is a that is very symbolic of, of where this game is at. It plays fine. It's just not polished, and it's not feature complete. And until that changes, I can't say I recommend it for Battlefield fans or just fans of multiplayer shooters. I'd, I'd much prefer Call of Duty to this. Um, That's and speaking crazy. of which, um, I know you've been playing some Vanguard yourself. So where are you at with that, dude? How you feeling about it? Yeah, man. So uh, I'll start with the I'll start with the campaign parts of it, um, and, and just kind of general thoughts. I think uh, graphically it is very impressive. Um, you know, uh, reading a lot of reviews and kind of things about the game, not a lot of people pointing that out. I mean, which is weird because it is cutscenes are particularly incredible. Just you know, beyond like I totally agree, just impressive, yeah. but kind of just incredible. Uh, just momentum. I know that uh, Call of Duty has always been about set pieces, but these set pieces are pretty dope. I mean, the one where you're getting bombarded with the sniper. I mean, that, 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 that's, that's awesome. Uh, that was that crazy. That was good times. Yeah, that was crazy. It's a surprisingly entertaining campaign, interesting approach of mm. kind of like trying to be realistic with their, with history in terms of gameplay, but also like this pulpy approach to storytelling, almost like Inglorious Bastards a little bit. It feels in that, in that way. That's a good point. Yeah. yeah I didn't think of that. Yeah. yeah. And so what, also the, the the way they structure the campaign uh it's it's broken down into like these little vignettes of the background stories of each of the characters uh battlefield one did something like that but those a lot of those vignettes were kind of separate from each other all these vignettes in this one all uh, flood into the main story and, and it's kind of like past present past kind of telling you a little bit of the past and then kind of uh evolving the story from the present from what you know about these characters so they, they do a really good job with that um and then so kind of like some of the uh, cons, uh, performance issues. I mean, hitching and, and, and screen tearing from time to time is, is, is happens often. Uh, primarily with the campaign. Campaign, right? campaign. It's just campaign yeah, stuff yeah. right now. Yeah, yeah. Uh, mm. most of the allied groups in, ter- in terms of like the people, you, you, you do know their story, but like they're kind of forgettable. Uh, in, in, in a lot of ways, uh, written kind of poorly. Dialogue is sometimes unbearable. Uh, it's pretty bad. Yeah. Arthur <laughs> yeah. is, is probably the exception. Um, I, I think they took a lot of detail to kind of, uh, uh, make him the centerpiece of the story, which he is, but also kind of like give him all the best lines and, and, and really fleshed him out really good. I mean, he's the heart of the, of the story, so they, they had to. Uh, some of the missions all kind of, after those great set pieces, they all end up feeling a little samey uh, a lot of times. So that, that's, you know, that's par for the course for Call of Duty, but that doesn't make it okay. Um, they're, right. No, not to sound too woke or anything, but their approach to racism and racial politi- politics feels a little unearned because it's all half measures, uh, and it's in, you're tackling the subject matter, uh, but there's such an uneven tone throughout the game that it, it they don't know. It's almost like they were hesitant to kind of go either full bore or ignore it. Um, I've seen a lot of articles here kind of uh, talking about uh, certain race racial things on it. There are definitely some out there that are overstepping or just going just going out of the way to sound like you know like they're the smartest person in the room i just think that it feels a little unearned because they never really uh 
take an approach full on. Whether they're going to ignore the fact that Arthur is black or are they going to go full on? It's always little bit by little. Sometimes they'll treat Arthur like he's one of the guys. And then all of a sudden, one of the German guys points out his blackness and, and what that means. Right. You know? So it just, it's very uneven approach to that. I, I, I kind of would have wished that they just either went one way, one or the other. If they never talk about Arthur's blackness throughout the whole entire experience, that's fine. You know, we all know what it means for that character to be that character during that time. That's fine. Right. You don't want to. Yeah. Or, or go full on and really tackle this. I mean, the person who wrote it is is um, is a, a former uh, civil rights uh, 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 lawyer, uh, Nigerian lawyer. Mm. So, you know, so he, you know, they, you know, there was some experience. There was there, They had the right people d- doing the job. It's just, you know, I, I don't know what it was specifically. You know, sometimes things change when, when developing a game, you know. Depends on how close they were kind of working together because, you know, a lot of the times they're, they're either working really close together with the writer or completely separate, you know. Exactly. So, yeah. But yeah, it, yeah. it is what it is on that. And, and kind of just the multiplayer stuff, real quick World at War maps, I'm in, I'm sold. Uh, oh, so fun. Don't. Yeah. Like, Told you, man. Like Marco said, they threw their realistic approach in terms of like the guns and just they, they made the gun, they, they focus on gunplay being fluid and, and, and being fun. Um, Patrol mode is a fucking standout. Mo- that shit is a blast. Oh, I love a uh, patrol that, mode. It's it it renders hard point totally obsolete. It really does. Yeah, there's no point to it. Yeah, now. and I, I, quite pun honestly, intended. I never really. I, <laughs> pun yeah, pun intended. Uh, okay, keep going. Yeah, <laughs> it's fine. I'm, we can we can we can cut that out late, uh, later. <laughs> Go ahead, go ahead. I never Continue. really liked Hardpoint to begin with, so this is a really good uh, mode where I, I feel yeah. like I feel like this could be the the, the standard uh, in terms of like uh, Call of Duty modes besides uh, domination and, and team deathmatch. Uh, pacing options is really great in theory when it works, it, uh, and I'll get. But unfortunately, sometimes you pick a certain uh, pacing, and it it sucks to go to want to play Blitz and you get tactical. Or play tactical and get blitz because they're literally night and day in terms of their approach. And, to the and game for play. those of you who haven't who haven't played it yet, uh, that option is basically choosing uh, how how big you want the fight to be. You want like six v six, eight v eight, ten v ten, twelve v twelve, so on and so forth. And and they're each labeled a certain name like that. So it's cool that you have that option. I yes. think that's pretty dope. But it's just not like you said. It's not very reliable. At least at least in the early goings. Maybe they'll fix that. You yeah, know, down I mean, because there's a difference between doing um, one of the maps that's a decent size six v six v six, or doing dome twelve v twelve. When you wanted to do something a little more tactical in terms of your approach, right? That that's not fun. Um, I do like the faster time to kill it makes the overall experience more intense for me. Uh, throughout any of the uh pacing options, um, and you know the connectivity bugs with picking the pacing, it's not great. Uh, spawning issues are our problem. Uh, lack of gun diversity. I feel though, there's the gunplay is fun. There's a lot of guns that just there's a lot of guns in SMGs that really just don't. Don't really diversify themselves too much from from other guns. They all feel kind of samey to a certain extent. Yeah, I feel like they lean into the attachments really heavy to compensate yeah. for that. That's why there's like twenty different scopes you can pick for some for yeah, some Jesus. guns. It's like some I don't guns. need all these options, bro. Like, what, what are we doing? It's nuts. So I, 
I think I think that's kind of what they tried to do to make up for it. But you know, I think what they'll do is like they did with Cold War. They'll add guns throughout the yeah. year uh, with battle passes and stuff. Yeah, which is and, fine. But and they'll rework guns like they've done before. There, there's some mm-hmm. guns that are definitely going to get reworked that are almost unusual. Absolutely. Um, but yeah. yeah, I mean, overall, it, it's it's one of those things. I, I was telling Marco that I really don't get people who've watched all the Marvel films, and then when a new one comes out, and they're like. I don't know. Maybe I'll watch it. I'm like, you watch 23 of them. Of course, you're gonna watch it. Every film you're gonna. That's that's me and Marco with Call of Duty games. It's like I hate to I don't say know. we play right, every year. Yeah. We love them, and we're like, well, we don't love them, but we still buy them every year. We just happen. We just happen to get on a good roll here with Cold War and Vanguard, and so it's kind of right. like, and, and and we were the odd odd men out for Cold War because a lot of people hated Cold War. Uh, a lot of people seem to yeah. like Vanguard, and we're we're right there with them. So. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, yeah, and I think we'll be the odd ones out when uh, the next Modern Warfare comes out because you, you, you and I did not like that game I can't, at all. I can't Here stand in the minority, Modern Warfare, so. man. Dude, I'm not buying this. Next might years. be our. I'm not buying next. This years. might be. <laughs> <laughs> I was gonna say this might be our stop, but you know how we roll, man. We're probably gonna get it. Uh, spineless. Um, so uh, dope, man. Yeah. So um, you know, for me, um, outside of testing out GTA, um, I am also playing Forza Horizon Five. So, um, my God, uh, that is an incredible game. Mm-hmm. Game of the year contender. Uh, it, it's it's deserved. You know, just in general, whether it you know cracks our list or whatever, or where it lands on our list is is besides yeah. the point. It is a fantastic game. Um, initially I had some problems with it, you know, because it felt very samey compared to Forza Horizon 4. Um, you know, in particular, I think some of the, uh, you know, like the HUD, uh, is, is identical. The menus are pretty much identical. And I think that stuff makes it feel kind of too familiar. Uh, and that sounds petty because, you know, it's like, okay, menus and HUDs, so what? Um, Mm. but you know, I, I do think that kind of counts, you know, even the map, uh, you know, is, is, is almost identical too. Um, but I think besides that, um, man, the pros of this game, there's a lot of them. Visuals and performance are amazing in both modes. I'm team quality. I, I was actually in performance mode for a while, but the pop-in was a little too much for me. Uh, it's not a, It's not bad. Uh, it's just that I want to see the game at its absolute best. And I think yeah. 30 frames makes it feel more cinematic to me in, in a strange way. Yep. Uh, so I kind of I like it. The, um, the only time that 60 frames for me works because I switched to performance for a little bit is when you have one of the faster cars in the game and you're off-roading and you're just kind of like clipping through everything and just like, you know, like the trees and, and, and hitting high jumps. Yeah. That's the only yeah, time. Dude. And here's here's the thing. If I know I'm going to do it, I will switch to performance mode. I'll reset the game because it is worth it for those moments. But that's the only time where I actually see the 60 frames working in my favor. Other than that, Quality mode, I think, is the best way to go for this game. I mean, it is Team it quality, is a man. fucking masterpiece. You know? Yeah, dude. Um, I'm also uh, I'm I'm probably a psychopath for doing this, but I'm I'm the uh, cockpit view. I'm the cockpit view guy. Yeah, yeah you're a psychopath. I, I I think well, what I th- <laughs> the reason why is I think it, it's obviously you don't have as much of a view of of what's going on, but it makes me drive kind of more honest as a driver and not like playing it like a video game. So I'm I, I feel like I I actually drive better because I'm being more cautious as if I'm actually driving because I could only see so well when I'm moving so I actually perform better in races when I'm in that view because I'm just thinking more oh, like I'm a driver a, than a gamer so I'm a piece of shit driver I hit cars I use cars to take oh, turns you hitting all them cacti boy no like when I take a turn <laughs> I make sure that there's a car in front of me so I can 
take it without hitting the brake and then lean into him and just smash into it so he can straighten oh, me so out. So you think this is this is burnout to you? This oh, yeah. is what that is. If the driver tires, <laughs> if you if you out there and you reach a shut up pops oh. driver tire, oh, that's me bumping into you, baby. I don't, I don't like you. <laughs> Man, out here terrorizing Mexico. Um Mexico is incredible. Uh the best location to date by far. For I think, sure. I, I think they kind of teased where they might be taking the game the, the series next in, in, in something I heard. Um I, and it could be a complete what reach, they say? but I, I, I heard I heard Africa tossed around okay. a little bit. Um, and I thought that could actually work too, based on what I'm seeing them do at five. But nevertheless, uh, Mexico is incredible. Uh, the 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 driving is very tuned, very balanced at every bend. Uh, the events so feel uh, pretty fun and diverse. You know, it's a great feeling of of fun and leisure to this game. There's no pressure. Uh, it always feels very positive, which is really re- refreshing when you come out of you know shooters and in these heavy stories. You have something that's just very rewarding, very fun, very lighthearted. Um, and speaking of rewarding, I mean, you get rewards all the time. All the you time. get those those wheel spins. You get you, you get really cool cars. I got a, like a limited edition Pontiac Firebird, which was a car my mom used to have. Yep. Uh, so that was kind of fire. Um, and, and I think just, again, going back to presentation one more time, the sound quality is also really, really good. It's actually extremely helpful in cockpit view because I can hear the cars behind me and I can tell, oh, he's trying to pass me from the right side. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I need to get over to the right. So stuff like that is super, super dope. Um, there are some problems. I think in terms of cons, I think the weather, time of day and seasons are great, but they don't shine enough. I don't think they happen enough. It just always seems like it's daytime and nothing's really changing. Uh, but, you know, we've only seen one season so far, so we'll see how things change when I think they change them weekly. Uh, yeah, in terms of the do. seasons. So we'll see how that how that changes. But just first impressions. We're in summer right now, right? Uh, yeah, summer. Yeah, so it doesn't. It just doesn't show through enough. Uh, the story missions are a little lacking sometimes, like the volcano mission, uh, the ruins. That's, Those were kind of hilariously bad. <laughs> the, the the volcano one sucks. Uh, yeah, it's the, pretty the, awful. The the um, the ruins one is. I like it because of the storm that you're riding through, but. Uh, when you get to the ruins, it's like, this ruin has been abandoned for a thousand years. I'm like, bitch, it's off road. It's like off the road by <laughs> six feet. How's nobody? I'm, it's right by a 7-Eleven over here. Like, what are you doing? <laughs> wander back here to take a piss by accident. What are you talking yeah, about? Yeah, dude. Uh, it's 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 silly, um, but I do find those to be lacking in some respects. Um, some of them are pretty fun. How about the Goliath? Um, I, yeah, Goliath is insane. Um, that was like 15 minutes. Of too just much. nonstop hell. Um, I, I will say, and this is a little controversial, but I do think that the feeling of community in this game is a bit of a facade. I don't feel as connected as the game wants me to feel with other players or even with my friends. Uh, it still feels very isolated. It just I feels agree. like there's this illusion of people everywhere racing and, and flaunting their cars. And it's really not that way. It, it doesn't come through very often. No. Uh, and even the multiplayer stuff, I tried the Eliminator, which is the Royale, um, and oh, it's junk. Yeah. It's total junk. Uh, so, you know, I, I think it's nice to see other cars whizzing past you. And it's like, oh, there's a dude. And then when you get in races, it has like gamer tags from your friends list, even though they never played the game. Right, right, right. Um, I like that. Just to kind of simulate that. It's like, oh, that's cool. But it's it's all kind of smoke and mirrors to me. And it's not very, like, it's not as multiplayer focused as they want to make it sound. Yeah, I, I think they so. try to make it seem like this is, this could be equally a multiplayer experience, but it doesn't feel like that to me at all. 
Uh, also, yeah, not to me. Yeah. From my take from last week, do you agree that this game could work without the musical festival part of it? Like, can they do something else? Hundred percent. Yeah. Hundred percent. Yeah. I I think they have to. It, it it's just it, it. There's no. There's no. There's nothing to it. It's very flimsy. It's just yeah. like oh, this is like a loose justification for doing this, or you know, um, when they could have done something that was much more uh, cultural you know, uh, or just kind of spun yeah. it in that kind of way to just give it more of a meaning and tie it more into Mexico itself instead of just, we're going to do, we're going to do music festival it's like, driving here. So let me get like, this straight. Oh. I'm going to the Horizon <laughs> Music Festival. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to camp out in this one section of Mexico while everybody drives around everywhere else. And I hope that the car gets into the festival area at least once in a while. How long are they out there? For weeks? Just standing there waiting? Yeah. There's no music. Oh, my God. (laughs) There's no music music going on. I haven't seen no bands. Like, what what makes this a music festival and what makes this a car festival since the fact that there's no cars parked and people are looking at them. No, everybody's just standing in this campsite like, woo, we're here waiting for a car. Dying to cheer for somebody. (laughs) The fuck? Anyway, obviously, oh but it's just God. so that's, it's so dumb. That's hilarious. What you have game. to definitely, you know, you're you're you got to suspend your disbelief, disbelief like a little bit, a hundred percent. So, um, but other than that, I mean, it's it's great. I mean, Avatar creation sucks. Uh, it, it's it is as bad as you said it was last episode. The dialogue is corny, um, but those are very nitpicky things. With with what is easily an incredible and addicting game I d- for I sure. Do, I do think that. You know, them focusing so much on specific cultures uh, in each of the games that they don't go too deep into that either. Even with your character creation, like you're either a a shade of a white guy, maybe you can, you can go darker, but they're all, <laughs> all British. You know, there's no it's it's all like it's just weird to me. And and, and I need that lady to stop saying my name, Pablo. Oh, I'm Marco. <laughs> it's like, I'm am Pablo. I in trouble? I'm Pablo. <laughs> I just wish that they they it's a bit picky, but I wish like if if you're gonna go out in Mexico, like you said, not don't make it a music festival, make something a little more cultural, and then really dive into that, and, and don't and and, and 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 dive into it in a way that makes sense, like the whole buggies, uh, like those little VW uh, Beatles are Mexican, and then I, I'm doing a luchador thing. Did you do a luchador thing that he's training me? I just got that pop what up. What that yeah, mean? Like, you're training what? for what? Driving a car. <laughs> <laughs> you just want to put a masked wrestler in the game in the game fuck out of here anyway oh man uh but we love you forza i mean yeah. this is an incredible game i'm i am blown away by how awesome it is and how much yeah. i just keep coming back to it it's it is it's it is total catnip for me man um but that is going to wrap up our loadouts for this week's episode so with that being said pablo let's go ahead and transition into hit points for breaking news rumors and booty juice it's time for hit points and of course, we have to start hit points off with what could be uh, a pretty exciting thing for us. Now, now, um, you know, the word is that Halo Infinite, uh, Halo Infinite's multiplayer, to be specific, might drop early to celebrate uh, Xbox's 20-year anniversary. So, uh, you know, we, we don't know quite whether the the rumors are true as of this recording, um, but we will be finding out, I guess, sooner than later uh, as to whether this is going to actually happen. Um, so Pablo, I guess my question to you is, is how do you feel about this from, you know, kind of a business move standpoint on on the part of Microsoft and, um, you know, part two would be when you think about the multiplayer, whenever it launches, um, (laughs) what would you say is the biggest aspect of the multiplayer that you're the most curious about? I guess that you didn't see 
or learn about in playing the beta? I mean, I, I just really, uh, in terms of the beta and the way I play, I, I'm pretty much confident in, in everything that they're doing. What I'm curious about is the battle pass situation. How how is that going to how, how much are they going to lean into that? Uh, how much are the seasons going to change the the, the game itself? Uh, weapons are they? Mm. At, you know, Halo has very iconic weapons, but they don't have a lot of weapons. How how that's are, true? How are they going to you know with Call of Duty and Battlefield? They got weapons for days. You know, the, Halo doesn't do that. So how are they going to make the the battle pass? Uh, relevant and consistent and, and what changes they're going to make so that's something i'm definitely looking forward to but that's more of a future thing on that uh in terms of this move i i'm coming from a standpoint that um it's free to play so releasing releasing this early doesn't really hurt them the bottom line on this specific product because it is free they could potentially lose some dollars from early access uh, folks but if they include multiplayer DLC or exclusive gear for multiplayer, they'll end up making that up anyway if they do that early access stuff. Like, so, you know, you'll be basically paying for the campaign and also little kind of uh, rewards here for multiplayer. Uh, as for them competing with Battlefield and Call of Duty because they drop it right now in the middle of all that, they're planning to shadow drop the Halo multiplayer. They don't give a fuck about those games. Like, they're not worried. They're, they're, they're definitely... They're definitely playing by their own set of rules and i think if halo is going to be a long-term thing for them at that point it would be a marathon not a sprint starting off with a bang like this where in in our memories imagine if we didn't find out about this and this happens this would have this it's still going to be huge but this would have been massive we were always going to think about when halo infinite launched its shadow fucking dropped so first impressions go a very long way so by doing this and then probably you know still keeping the hype up for the campaign and it'll be probably season zero or preseason before they, they, they launch in December 8th. I mean, I, I think this is a one, one hell of a move. I think it's, I, I, I think they're super, super confident on the product uh, enough to where they're just gonna, you know, let it do its thing for a month before it was supposed to come out. And I, I'm, I'm, I'm all for it. I'm super excited for it. I, I'm loving Vanguard quite a bit, but I will drop Vanguard for Halo. And if it drops on Mon on Monday, by the time you guys listen to this, some of you are listening to us, maybe playing it. I don't know how you guys play your video games. I mean, that would be fantastic if it happens. I mean, what do you think? Yeah. Yeah, I think, you know, uh, on the business side of things, I definitely think this is a flex. This is absolutely Microsoft going, sorry, EA, sorry, Activision. Yeah. We're just better. We're better <laughs> than you. And, and and I think this proves something on a, on a, on a bigger level. Um there's been a lot of like, okay, does is Halo still Halo? Is it still that that IP that yeah. everyone you know moves out of the way because oh my god, Halo's coming? I think this is definitely a sign of you know not only to your point Xbox's confidence in how good Halo is, but also the equity and the. Um, the popularity of Halo as an IP yeah. still holds up and and is as good as its legacy indicates. It's not like, oh, Halo is a shell of what it used to be and people don't care about it as much. Yeah, you have a new generation of people that you have to kind of sell Halo to, for sure. I mean, it's been a couple yeah. of years since 5. But that's the reality of the situation, yes. But Halo is still that... It's that game that everybody else in the industry 
publishers, developers, whoever, they circle that date on the calendar. And so when that date moves, it's you can bet your bottom dollar that EA and Activision are both sitting in their respective offices going, oh. Yeah. Because it's like, oh my God. Like, now look, obviously Halo's not on every platform, so this, it's not a total ding to them but it is but still it, it is it is knocking them out of the conversation that's it right is knocking that's them right. out of the you know the 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 big story of oh battlefield's out this week it's, it's not going to matter anymore now um that's that's huge so that's how i feel on the business side now the biggest question that i have as someone who did not play the beta and has not really looked at a lot of multiplayer stuff is actually the maps i think that's where i'm the most I wouldn't say concerned, but I think that's where things can go the furthest left because it sounds like the the gameplay for all intents and purposes is in a great place from what you've said, from what we've read and saw online. Everyone seems to be really happy with how the gameplay feels, but if the maps are not kind of what they need to be to to house that gameplay the right way, it might not feel very well. And we've seen that with Battlefield, you know, just, just now. Like, this is what happens when, you're, when your maps are not um, really tuned to, you know, tap into what makes your gameplay great, so, right? So that would be what I'm most curious about personally. I, I think to that concern, I, I would say playing the beta, it looks like 343 Industries really has really honed in on what makes Halo multiplayer great. And and not like unlike other games, the maps of Halo are very integral to to the Halo experience. Absolutely. Uh, so I, I think if they understand Halo the way they understand it, the maps that they had there, the gameplay, that they also understand what works within the map. So I'm not concerned in that front. Now it could come out and be a total disaster. I think there's uh, over 20 maps, but I, I'm pretty confident. In, in in their in their ability to get the Halo multiplayer correct, um, and, and I'm and, and that includes and that includes the the, the maps. Uh, some maps have come out through IGN. I've I've kind of skipped those. I, I've I've saw a few, and so far the beta maps. Some of those that I saw, they look like classic Halo maps to me. So I, yeah. I'm super super excited about that. Cool man. Um, All right. Well, let's before go. we move on. Yeah, yeah. What's up? I know we don't. We got to talk a little bit about the rumor in terms of the validity. I mean, besides all that, do you think it'll happen? I think it's pretty much a guarantee. Now, I I, I didn't care either way. I mean, I was still going to be day one regardless. Yeah. But um, it, it just seems like by all accounts, I mean, everybody, including Google itself, is saying it's happening on the 15th. Literally, you can search for it. It says, and, literally, Pringles is saying it. Yeah. I mean, and you got... Like, Okay. And you got IGN employees, two specific <laughs> IGN employees that are literally in the throes, right in the middle of of previewing Halo for the website, right, uh, for mm-hmm. IGN for the month, and they're silent. And, and it's like they're not saying anything. It's almost like they know something. They can't say anything because they yeah. they pick up on all this information. This is like literally huge news, and they're pretty excited because they're the only website that has the exclusive uh, first look at, at him. So they have not said a word. Uh, obviously, the netcode stuff on being the fifteenth, the Steam showing December eighth for campaign mm-hmm. and showing mm-hmm. coming soon for Halo multiplayer. I, I one I have one disappointment. I wish this didn't leak. 
Because this would have fucking I was just going to say that. Bro, this is, and I don't know who to blame. I don't know if it's insiders or if it's or if it's Microsoft. I, I give, I probably would Both. give most of this to Microsoft because yeah. it's like you couldn't have done a worse job uh, with keeping shit. this a secret. This was, I mean, it is literally in your code. You they have companies that are they underestimate. You, you, you right. You have your partnerships with other, you know, other brands and entities that that are that are ruining this for you. You did not make this abundantly clear. So that tells me one of two things: you either just weren't communicating it right, or this it, this was a recent decision. Uh, yeah. that they did not necessarily fully plan out before they executed. Uh, yeah, and if that's sure. the case, I, I hope in the future, hey, I'm glad to play the game early, but in the future, like protect your secrets a little bit better than this. Yeah, mean, come I, on. I think you're right because <laughs> a lot a lot of the conversations was when they were talking about the game, especially in the, um, in the summer game show for Jeff mm-hmm. Keighley, where they made a point to say both of these are launching simultaneously. Right. So uh, you're definitely correct. I think this is something that they kind of like. You know what? I, we're ready. We're good to go. The betas, the flights went great. Uh, I think we we could do this. Uh, but man, if we were just sitting there watching the stream, and this would have dropped, I I might have shit my oh. pants. Just shit my oh pants. Oh my god! Just shit come out my ass and into my pants. I would have. Okay. I mean, <laughs> I, I would. I mean, I was just gonna say I was gonna run to my Xbox and stub my toe, but <laughs> you went full blown shit my mushroom shit my cloud pants. diarrhea. Yeah, man, you know it'll happen. Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, speaking of bowel movement, um, some some folks who pre-ordered the uh, the Steam Deck uh, probably had a, a bowel movement or two when they got the bad news that uh, that's a terrible segue, but whatever. One of the worst uh, of all time, uh, probably. Um, but look, Steam Deck has been delayed two months. Due to material shortages, uh, as expressed in an email sent out to everyone who successfully pre-ordered the new device, and is now, as a result, coming out in, you guessed it, February, our favorite month of next year. Now, Now, here's the thing. Obviously, Pablo, this coming out in February doesn't really change much because it's coming out to people who have already bought the, the device, so they're not losing anything financially they're just making people wait a little longer maybe lose some pre-orders here or there i, I would imagine which will be taken but, up right so there's no real risk there however and this is where i want to bounce this over to you it is coming out in a very crazy busy month with a lot of high profile games coming out that month what do you think this delay means in terms of steam deck being a story uh, you know, garnering buzz, getting attention when it's coming out in such a packed month like February. How do you feel about that from, I guess, kind of a media press and, and word of mouth point of view? Honestly, I think I think it's bodes well for them because really, and here, okay. And here's my take on that. In a weird way, the Steam Deck is coming out in February, and it almost seems like those games are launch titles for the Steam Deck. So we're gonna have people playing all these games, Elden Ring, uh, whatever. How many other games are coming out? Uh, Saints Row, uh, and some yeah, of those games yeah. are gonna be playable on the Steam Deck. So by showing this is how the game looks on Xbox, this is how the game looks on PlayStation Five, this is how the game looks on PC, this is how the game looks on Steam Deck. So they're adding themselves right in the perfect time of a conversation of another platform where you can play these games, and it, it almost it's almost coming out with games like new games so i think i don't think 
they specifically need to be in the same conversation as Elden Ring or uh, any other of the games that are coming out that year, uh, that month. I just think they need to be in the conversation somewhere in there, you know? And, and I think they'll be in the conversation as much as a PlayStation 5 or an Xbox are in the conversation when a new game comes out. They're mentioned, mm. but they're not really the end-all be-all of the conversation. Nobody's having a whole uh, t- a conversation about the Xbox Series X when Far Cry 6 comes out. You know, they're just talking about the game itself, you know? So I think the Steam Deck, I, I don't think it's that big of a deal for them. I, I do think that almost maybe this is strategic in, in, in its in its approach. Uh, coming out in February in the middle of like... It's like gaming Christmas in February early. And then, you know, within that conversation, yeah, they might not get depressed, but I don't, I'm not too sure that Steam Deck comes out in, in, in December and dominates the conversation either. I mean, I, I think that this is still a niche product in many ways. And I, there's, I bet you my bottom dollar that most people who are going to play Halo come in December that might not be huge uh, fans of, of video games that have no idea what a Steam Deck is, you know? So mm-hmm. I, I don't think it's, it, w- it would have dominated the conversation either way. And I think coming out in February and putting yourself in the conversation of these are how these new games play on the Steam Deck, because you know there's going to be those, those those videos out there and that coverage. Uh, I Digital think put, Foundry is going to go ham on this. Yeah, yeah, they definitely put themselves in a pretty good position. That's actually a really interesting point that I'll be honest, I didn't really think about that. Um, but you're right. I think I think the, the reality is, is if anything, it might compel people instead of buying it. OK, I was going to get it on PS5, but I kind of want to get some use out of the Steam Deck now. Yeah. So I might just go ahead and buy the Steam version and Steam you, Steam is usually cheaper uh, yeah. than it is to buy, you know, console versions of games. So you're right. I mean, it could be, um, you know, a really interesting time to see a spike in sales on Steam games yeah. uh, because of wanting to actually, you know, use the device that you just spent, And if you, you were buying it on PC on, anyway, you know, that's true. You have yeah. it on so Steam, then you're like, I'm just going to try this on deck, you know? Yeah, that's very. That's that's a really good point. Yeah, I think I think they are going to be fine too. I think the Steam Deck is is going to be. I think it's bound to be a slow burn in terms of like its uh, its notoriety. Um, I think it just needs to be out in the wild where people can yeah. you know test it, play it, and then the word of mouth will spread organically from there. Uh, and I don't think it would have mattered whether it was December or February either. Uh, now that I think about it too. So yeah, I think you're right, man. I think yeah, I think I, it's going to be fine. I think if anything. Um, you know, it, it's just going to be cool, like you said, to see how these games compare when they come out to console versions. Uh, and it's going to be a cool thing to keep an eye on for sure. Yeah, I also think that uh, Valve shows a little bit of confidence here by delaying this because the Steam boxes came bit. out. You know, they, they those were those were released to die. You know, them them kind <laughs> of uh, releasing it to where they it's not a staggered release where we're only going to have this version of, of the of the Steam Deck available in December delaying the whole product to kind of you know first impressions are very important to have all that out there because the, the the base Steam Deck is already uh, operating on a loss so you know the fact that they are going to delay all this to have the components ready to actually push the product out as one one release I think makes uh, uh, makes a lot of sense it shows that they really want this to work this is not just another Steam yeah. machine uh, thing they actually want this to be a thing and with with the switch out there uh they you know this this is the market mm. this market exists oh, now. Yeah. It maybe didn't exist a couple of years ago it exists now oh yeah 100 percent agree with that for sure all right man let's go ahead and move to our last uh news item for our hit points and that is an update about uh rainbow six extraction so uh brother ubisoft has announced that rainbow six extraction will be released on january 20th at 39.99 uh, with two, count them two, 
uh, free co-op buddy passes, uh, much like kind of it takes two, uh, you know, from, yeah. from the same type of principle. Um, how do you feel about this? Uh, how do you feel, I guess, how do you feel about the price and, and, and how do you feel like it may or may not be a reflection of, of what the game is going to offer as a product? Yeah. I'm torn on that because on one hand, I think it's Ubisoft saving face, releasing a product that might not have enough content to justify a full price. And though that's never stopped them before with their company being under fire for misdeeds, to, for lack of a better term, it seems like oh, this yeah. might be strategic. But it can also mean that they aren't confident in the product or maybe that they see that the writing's on the wall with Vanguard, Battlefield, and Halo less than three months old at that point, that they may feel their product isn't strong enough to compete uh you know so so certain concessions were probably made or it's a combination of both uh either way I, i'm still excited to play it but i i i don't know i i'm i don't know what they're telling me with this are they telling me this sucks this is a glorified mode that they could have put on rainbow Six, or yeah. is this just it's or is this game going to come out with it's going to be content light and it, eventually it's going to grow like siege uh, and, and so at that point, they're just going to charge you $40 because they feel that they can get people in the door, uh, rather than at $60 or $70, whatever they're going to sell it at in the door, because they got to pull people away from Vanguard, Battlefield and Halo. So at that price point, that'll compel a lot of people. I mean, I was always going to get it, I think, but this is a lot better, a, a more comfortable purchase for me. Sure. Yeah. 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 I mean, to me, I think it's. It's indicative of probably two things. I think first, and this might be a little controversial and and you might disagree, but I think that there is something to be said for PvE games not necessarily being the hotness right now. Um, I think a lot of games strived for it, like the most recent example, Back for Blood, right? And, you know, obviously Back for Blood has its own issues, but I think conceptually, I think people are much more interested in playing against people than against AI um, in a multiplayer type of environment. Uh, not to say that people wouldn't like to play this game. I, I'm sure people will buy it and we're going to buy it, but I don't know if it's what gets my like juices flowing when I want it, when I think multiplayer, right? Just in, in just a, as a whole, Rainbow Six aside, PVE is not my go-to, right? Yeah. So I think they have that sort of working against them here. Um, and I think the second thing is, yes, I think this could potentially be a, a very uh, lean, type of experience, uh, which to me could be a good thing or a bad thing. I don't necessarily need a game to be bloated with a bunch of stuff that doesn't mean anything or add any value to the game. Um, so I'm okay if the game is f- more focused, I guess is what I'm trying to say. Yeah. But at the same time, um, you know, if, if, if you're only coming out with a very small handful of different maps, a uh, small handful of operators in the beginning, yeah, you might not get a lot of mileage out of it, so it makes a little bit more sense for it to come in at a cheaper starting price. Um, you know, and maybe that, and maybe their plan is, hey, we'll do it. You know, like we did with uh, Siege, we'll add like the, you know, year one, year two, you know, add-ons and stuff to have new additions of the game to sell, maybe. But because it's a little weird, though. I can't lie; yeah, it's a little weird. I'm curious as to what their plan is for this game. Do they plan this to be a long-standing? 
franchise? Like, is That's this, a good question. Do they have a five-year plan, or is this a one-off where they're releasing this for 40 bucks? there's not going to be any updates, and that's probably why it's $40, and have fun with it for as long as you want to have fun with it, but we're not really touching this. We're still going to be focusing on Siege, which at that point, I would yeah. be okay with that too. I, I would be okay for, for the experience. Now, on the, blood, on the Back for Blood stuff, I agree to an extent um, because the, the issue is, is Back for Blood did sell well enough it did it, it, it did hit the charts yeah. so i still think this time next year back for blood is going to be a distant memory um so with ubisoft doing that you know i would think they would strike while the iron is hot brand new product out now um, we want to get charted in terms of like selling the most we possibly can now making the most amount of money but i i think that they they, they are in a position where they want to look less corporate money hungry greedy sons of bitches and release this $40 game. I, again, if this is a $40 PVE experience that day, they don't really do much with it. I'm okay with that. You know, I, I'm fine with that. But if this is a $40 entry point and then they're going to expand on this, that's a hell of a deal. You know, that that's yeah. the, I, I think that it's a win-win for them in that aspect unless this is a complete fucking mess of a game. And they're like, you want to yeah. buy this for $40? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yes, that's exactly how Ubisoft sounds in my brain, yeah, too. I hope it's not. Um, the e, that's the E's game all actually sounds. <laughs> that. All right. <laughs> On that note, we got to yeah, we got to stop Pablo while he's he's, he's getting going here. Uh, all right, man, that wraps up hit points, though. So let's um yeah, let's go ahead and jump right into our checkpoint chat. It's time for the checkpoint chat. All right, and as promised, uh, in our continuing end of year coverage of all things gaming we are going to be doing a ps5 year in review so ironically it was actually just uh the ps5's one year anniversary uh not too long ago a couple days ago so uh congrats to sony of course for getting the ps5 out there and um you know getting up and running but we got to be uh you know critical we got to we got to put on our you know analytical hats and and talk about uh the PS5's year this year and the highs and the lows and then um we're also going to give our grade uh for Sony uh respectively both of us going to have our own grades to give them uh for their year. Uh so with that being said Pablo let's um let's kind of walk through it and let's obviously start on uh, a positive note cuz we're positive people. Um and I think the best place to start is um you know, look, the, the reality is they've had some relatively good critically acclaimed uh, releases this year that are exclusives. Um, now, games that everybody loves, not necessarily. I know there are some games on this list that you're not a fan of. There's some that I'm not a fan of. I actually have, I think, two out, like one out of three for me. But, uh, you know, examples being, of course, Deathloop. That was a big, um, you know, win for them, even though it's not a Sony studio, obviously. Uh, exclusive so game. That got yep. insanely good reviews, right? Returnal, uh, also very well received. Not a fan personally at all, but well received. Uh, Ratchet and Clank: Rift Apart. I'm all about that game. Um, I know Pablo's kind of you know mixed to look warm about it, um, but nevertheless, you know their 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 year. I mean, although just a to kind of give you a good. quick little overview, Returnal got an 86 on Open Critic. Ratchet and, uh, and Crank. Ratchet and Clank, uh, Rift Apart at 88, Deathloop at 88, and also Kenner Bridge of Spirits at 81. Ah, 
That's true. That's true. Yeah. yeah. So, um, so, so I guess, you know, to, to the, the topic of their critically acclaimed games, Pablo, um, you know, talk a little bit about why this was a, you know, a, a strong point, you know, I, 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 it's obviously a good thing, right? But like, what is it about these games that you think maybe contributed to it being a positive for them this year? I just think that Sony's, uh, you know, one of the things that people always talk about Sony is Sony has games. Uh, and it's good to have games, but it's even better to have good games. And and Sony, for for, for whatever whatever criticism I have about them, when they go to create games for first party or or exclusive releases, they do one hell of a job. They they mm-hmm. they they have. I think Shuhei is one of the the guys that kind of overlooks the first party stuff. But the people they have with with the, with the exclusives in terms of like you know, signing a contract and, and getting Deathloop in there and, and them kind of leaning on smaller studios that you may not think are going to do uh, much with the Kenner Bridge of Spirits, for example. Yeah. It, it, it's, it's really, it's really great. And then also them really, you know, leaning on Insomniac for, um, for Ratchet and Clank and then last year with Spider-Man. Like they, they are really, uh, they, they're, they have really good studios out there. Like Insomniac is putting out the work of what three or four studios might be putting out in terms of like <laughs> yeah, quality. Yeah. Games. It's, it's insane. They that, are that a is, high, they, yeah. they are a high in and of themselves. They are kind of like the new naughty dog in, in, in yeah. some respects, obviously not. In, well, you know, I mean, all I the would way, say but, in my opinion, they've surpassed naughty dog in terms of the quality of stuff and the frequency of stuff that they release. Uh, the workflow so is insane. Yeah. yeah. How are they doing this, man? Yeah. But, yeah I don't know. Yeah, I, I totally think, agree. I think they're probably, and that, they're probably the best video game developing studio right now in the world. Like I, I don't oh, think yeah. there's anybody that can really can really touch them because you got you got Spider Man, which is a huge IP that can fall flat on your face, and they fucking killed that shit. And you got Ratchet and Clank Rift Apart. For regardless of how I feel about the game itself, it is stunning to look at. You know, it is fun to play. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, it they're they're with that alone. You know, and it's just Sony knowing how to really they're on par with me with Nintendo in terms of like uh, having some of the best exclusive consistently throughout the year. Uh, And and Xbox is is, is playing catch up and they're still not there yet. But yeah, for me, not only are the games, not only does Sony have a lot of exclusive most of them, their big hitters always come out on top, regardless of how we feel about them specifically. And they're kind of a diverse little trio of games here. Yeah. You have a little of something for you have, you know, a third person shooter, you have uh, a character action platformer and ratchet, you have a first person shooter with Deathloop it's not it, it's kind of breaking that that archetype of always yeah. over the shoulder third person, you know, gritty story adventure games for Sony. Uh, and so it was nice to see that eclectic array even though I didn't like uh, two out of three of those games. Uh, yeah. It's still good to see that they had those in in, in the chamber uh, for this year. Uh, moving on. Um, Sony's 2021 showcase, which happened not too long ago, uh, which included uh, Insomniac's flex of, of showing Spider-Man 2 and uh, Wolverine, uh, was also a big high. And I think that was, um, you know, it was a big moment for them uh, to kind of, you know, reassert that, you know, hey, we are still kind of on point. We still think that we are the best. We have, uh, you know, recorded a, a real-time chess match with people. Uh, to show you that this is chess, not checkers. Uh, you know, so I, you know they were obviously feeling themselves, but they did they did show through in a good way on that event, um, and that that's that's still a standout for me thinking back. So, uh, do you agree? That's still you know yeah, a, yeah. a big I mean, moment they, for them this year. Yeah, the, they're just showing you again that the future is super bright for them, uh, and they are they they kind of have their foot on the gas when it comes to exclusive games. 
Um, so yeah, I mean they're 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 really 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 killing it um, in mm. that aspect. You know, you still got the Kotor remake coming. You got God of War yeah. Ragnarok that was showing us coming. Spider Man Two, Wolverine. Like I mean, those are those are Hits. fantastic games. Hits. You know, bro. Yeah, they're co- yeah, they might be a couple of years away, but regardless of that. You, you you got next year God of War and you got uh, Horizon Forbidden West, which those are quality games, you know. Yeah, man. Yeah. So I and I think to that point, moving on to the next thing too. I mean, you know, the acquisitions that happened throughout the year as well with Housemark uh, yeah. after the success of Returnal, Blue Point, which was a, a really good pickup. Uh, you know, after the you know coming off the heels of of Demon Souls uh, remake that came out uh, last year, um, you'd love to see that. And I'm really excited to see how they you know utilize Blue Point as their own studio moving yeah. forward. Uh, smaller teams like Fire Sprite and Nixus uh, were also two other pickups that happened this year i really find those acquisitions to be kind of you know interesting it's almost like <laughs> in a weird way it reminds me i hate to go with like a sports analogy but there's such a thing as you know building a super team versus building through the draft yeah and i feel like this is kind of the latter for for sony whereas microsoft is doing like the big let's get bethesda let's get you know blah 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 this is more of like smart tactical decisions that you know pulled in teams on the cheap much like with what they did with insomniac a couple years ago getting them so dirt cheap um really smart strategic moves how do you feel about this yeah i mean that that's it's great because you know you can have the big triple a games out there but you know having a portfolio of exclusive games that uh are with companies that are are doing different things you know they're not doing the traditional kind of type of game i think it's really right. great and like you said uh there, who, who knows housemark might be the next insomniac and, and they start putting out you know really paying out dividends for them really putting out some of their best work uh five six ten years from now and and you know they got it for nothing you know it's right it, it's like you said it's like building they're building through through the draft in that way where uh they're not you know they're not going out there and spending seven point five billion dollars on Bethesda, which listen, that's great. You know that's fucking yeah, great. Yeah, sure. You know, I love watching yeah, if you got LeBron and, and and all those guys out there balling and watching the my Nets. You know, with all those guys, that's great. But it's also there's something to be said about seeing a, a team that's being built slowly and then all of a sudden they're powerhouses in the league, and that's exactly. what Sony's. And this is. And this is Sony. This is not a. This is not a a a, a shitty company that's oh, struggling yeah, to right. make. This is a massive company who still is seeing the value in these small companies, whether or not they they like their vision for games, or whether or not they recognize their talent. In a couple of years from now, they're going to be just as big names as as you know as their other studios. You know, so one hundred percent. Yeah, yeah, and I think I think that also extends into the partnerships that they had with indie studios. Um, you know, in particular, uh, Haven, uh, Firewalk and deviation mm-hmm. um now this is again the building through the draft thing those three studios a lot of y'all gonna be like who <laughs> but yeah. that's that's where sony always comes in clutch because they know talent when they see it and they know when to get in early uh and building those relationships so that maybe at some point haven could be a first party studio if if they play their cards right and have a great you know first first game firewalk deviation the same thing these are no names right now but sony's track record has proven yo we know we know what we're doing we know how to and find they, them and they also take huge swings sony does yeah i mean man. i mean look you, you for every game that we mentioned that's great there's Jet the Far Shore or something like that. Oh yeah, or of or the Abe's Odyssey game that 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 was, you know, Ooh. yeah, games like that that they've taken chances on them, but they've become not great. 
Yeah. But they're still taking those chances. There's hard pressed to find companies for, and I hate to bring other companies into it, but it is what it is. Like Xbox taking huge swings. Like if, if they do take a huge swing, they end up canceling it. <laughs> you know, uh, it's like, oh, let's just cut back out from this because they can't afford to do that. They have to, they yeah. have to put out fire right now. And, and Sony has the luxury of, of, of an embarrassment of riches. Like they can take those chances because they know that they can fall back on their incredible game studios. Yeah, yeah, that's that's a great point. Yeah, mm-hmm. very true. Um, and I think the, the the last thing on in our list of highs is, uh, you know, at least to me, I think the PlayStation PC initiative is is a massive massive shift for Sony yes. um, overall. And and I think it's it's obviously there's there's financial and business reasons for doing this, right? You're, you're leaving money on the table essentially by not putting your games out on PC. At a certain point, if you want your games to sell as many millions of units as possible, um, putting it on PS4 and P- PS5 just isn't enough, um, as stated by Jim Ryan not too long ago. So this makes a lot of sense from that standpoint. Um, but I love the fact that it's just more exposure when it comes to, you know, I guess just from a wholesome standpoint, I would love for more people to get their hands on God of War. I would love for more people to get their hands on Horizon. You know, I would love to see, and I think we're moving in this direction very quickly. I think I think these PC and PS5 releases are going to be day and date at some point very soon uh, because it, you know, they originally stated they wanted these to be a couple years apart, but that's starting to dwindle now because now I think I think the next game is Ratchet, if I'm not mistaken, and it's only like. Obviously, like around a six-month difference yeah. uh, from when it came out earlier this year. So that gap is getting smaller and smaller. So I can definitely yeah. see day and date PS, uh, PS5 PC exclusive uh, and you know, launch. So. And they're being very strategic about it because next year God of War Ragnarok comes out and God of War comes out in January on PC. If I'm so right. they're using they're using that to that. I, I think that also so, so, uh, Sony showing adaptability. Uh, the whole yeah. we believe in console generations thing, backtracking from that, so they wouldn't leave millions of fans that don't have a PS5, uh, you know, and, and then releasing games on PC, something that they've never done before. PlayStation Pot Five, a PlayStation is just taking a page out of Xbox's book, recognizing the flaws in their approach, and then resetting their entire kind of ethos is something PlayStation would have never done before. They, they're right. kind of. They're, they're kind of on the their 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 entire vision for PS5, and I think this is also uh, hand in hand with the low is it's fluid, and and, and yep. they're definitely uh, willing to make the changes, which is fantastic. Which is fantastic. Uh, it's just they're not they're not going all the way with some stuff, but it's it's something Sony would have never done. Uh, uh, and I'm it's really exciting for them because that that's that's great. More games for us, uh, more options for games in the future. Perhaps it's 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 a win win for everybody. And I don't understand these fucking Sony uh, like diehards who are upset about PC releases. Like who gives a fuck? Like yeah, it's that's it's so like weird. that. It's almost like, you know, when you love an indie band and they blow up and then you you don't like that they blew up. You kind of liked having them in your back pocket as the band that only you knew about. It just doesn't work that way in gaming anymore. You know, the like these companies want to make money industry in the world. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah, Th- those 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 fans are just. Yeah, it's it's the worst of Twitter, of course, <laughs> as usual. Um but that wraps up the highs uh, for, for the PS5. So obviously not everything is peaches, dandelions, and daffodils, if you know what I'm saying. You probably don't. Um, but we're going to get into the lows. And Pablo, there's, there's, a, 
I actually have no idea. It just kind of went with the rest of what I was. I think it's a flower. We'll go with the flower. Um, but let's get into the lows. And there are uh, a pretty decent amount of lows to talk about. Um, you know, this wasn't an amazing, you know, uh, bit of news to say the least, but there were a lot of delays. Um, you yeah. Know, obviously, 2022 has become stacked. Uh, and it's kind of partway Sony's fault with games like God of War Ragnarok getting delayed, Horizon Forbidden West, yeah. uh, Gran Turismo 7. So, you know, talk about, Pablo, the impact that those games have had on on, on what could have been a pretty bang in 2021, uh, in your opinion. Yeah, I mean, anytime a game gets delayed, anytime one game gets delayed, is is, is it could be considered a disaster. Look at Xbox you feel and it. Halo yeah. Oh, yeah. last year with Halo Infinite uh being delayed outside of uh, out of 2020 that was huge that was seemingly a disaster but imagine having two three of your bigger biggest games taking yeah. that hit i mean i that's that's massive and, and listen a lot of it has to do with sony themselves self-sabotage having that uh that uh <laughs> was it the thing in 2020 showing that ragnarok was coming out in 2021 them having a big blowout of, of, of forbidden west and then you know still saying it's on track to release in 2021 you know gran turismo being around forever and them saying it's coming out in 2021 like this is self-inflicted wounds at this point you know they're <laughs> they're doing this to themselves and then it being delayed you know that sucks for them because now, the now i gotta give you your I, I gotta give you your flowers though because you as soon as god of war ragnarok's first trailer said 2022 you're like nah as yeah. soon as horizon forbidden west you're like nah so i'm, I'm giving you your i'm giving you your daffodils for, for, <laughs> for calling it <laughs> I really continue, hope that's continue, continue. I hope that doesn't flowers because there's something else. I don't know. No, I, yeah, I mean, it's just it, it's the confidence in which you kind of really they presented when they talked about we're still on target for 2021. Nobody says that unless they're gonna no. come out in 2021. And Ragnarok, you know, from everything I've seen on Twitter, like they they hiring writers still like how the hell is that game coming out in less than 11 months it's ridiculous but anyway and then we uh, found out that um you know the, the guy that does kratos um yeah uh christopher judge i think his name is yeah he had major health problems that you know delayed the process he, too yeah, so that's it, right he's part of the how could they even say like looking back on it now like w- what sense did that even make i wanted to believe like oh th- they wouldn't give us that if they weren't relatively confident yeah. but they had no way of hitting that. It's what Sony Ugh. does. It's it's one of the things that Sony does a lot is they talk about games way too fucking early. And and, and then it's funny because every year, the year that they talk about a Final Fantasy VII remake, they're like, yo, this is the shit. And then years after that, we saw it all five years later. We kept seeing it. We kept seeing it. And it was just like, when is this game coming out? And they started skipping E3. Uh, E3. Like, they, they, they are a masters at shooting themselves in the foot they do it all the time so yeah the delays oh, yeah. really hurt because ultimately for me the uh, i was very l- much looking forward to all three of those games even horizon forbidden west i've always said that the sequel of horizon uh zero dawn it could potentially be a great fucking game because of all the little things that i didn't like if they fix the story and some other aspects i'm all in man so yeah I, it's disappointing yeah. to say the least and i and and then they're gonna be in a year where it's super packed. Another game that got delayed was um, the other one by uh, uh, by Tango. Uh, game oh, was, Ghostwire uh, Tokyo. Yeah, Ghost, that also Ghostwire, got delayed yeah. as well, which mm. they said was coming out this year. So, I mean, yeah. there's a lot of games coming out. Uh, you know, this would have been the year to, to release some of those games because I'm not saying that God of War is going to get lost in the shuffle, but it's going to have some pretty good competition next year, you know? 
Oh yeah, across the board, uh, across between the board, all consoles. Yeah, yeah for mm-hmm. sure. Uh, speaking of disappointing, I mean, we got to talk about these state of plays, bro. I mean, we talked about the one that just happened not too long ago, which was a complete waste of time. Yep. But the problem is, most of them are waste of time, just collectively. Um, you know, you have exceptions like the actual, you know, big twenty twenty one showcases that you know those are, you those know, are kind great. of their E3 sort of event. But I mean. Uh, much like we said a couple episodes ago, the, the the intent of these stated plays has become almost transparently billboard-like in in fashion. It is really just real estate that it can be rented out to whomever. You want publicity for your game? Do it here. We got you. you you're going to have X amount of you know viewers, impressions, blah, blah, blah. It sounds great to these publishers and developers. And as a result, it's just this cobbled together hodgepodge garbage of of <laughs> games that you don't care about like it's just like you know oh my god why are they showing that after this and why do they think i care about that and why are they saying that's the highlight of the event like that's barely you know yeah, anywhere else it's like a, a show with that right yeah i mean so uh what what's your take on the state of plays this year and and how much of an impact you know i guess good or bad or ne- you know whatever do you think it's had on their year overall I think it's only negatively. I think that there's a is a smell of desperation to try to stay within the conversation of video games, even mm. though they have nothing coming out. So, you know, that last one that we saw, I mean, I can't even tell you two games that I saw on that motherfucker. I think I remember Star Ocean because of how funny it was. Oh, yeah. Intentionally. <laughs> what was the thing they said? I forgot the veterans. Are you hurt or something like that? Oh, it yeah. Really weird, like, poorly translated but yeah, yeah it's so bad that's all but i remember I, it, little things like that where it's like i, I just, they just seem desperate uh because yeah they they have they have marketing deals and i'm sure that they are kind of doing their fiduciary uh responsibility with kind of releasing these things to give the people who paid money to do that. i get it but you change your structure change the way you do change that. it bro because Come it on. does it, it just comes across as like all right it, Xbox is about to release before that, you know, Forza Horizon Five and Halo, and I'm seeing Devil Inside that looks like ass garbage. Like it's just like, I, I mean, all right, it had cool little things, but it's like comparatively speaking, it's like this is what you're talking about right now. This is yeah. where you want the conversation to go. You expect people to like that shit dissipated. It came out that Wednesday, I think it was, or that Thursday, and by Friday, no uh, evening, nobody was talking about the state of play because there was nothing on there worth no. It was. It was horrible. And it's, yeah. you can't have, you can't announce to the world or, or, you know, video game fans that we're going to talk about video games and then you talk about those video games. Like, right. you got Microsoft Celebration coming out a, a, on Monday. And uh, by the time you guys listen to this, you probably, probably already uh, heard it, but you got people, they've already set expectations. You got people already saying, oh, we're going to see Fable. Oh, they're lying. So anytime you announce yeah. a game event, people are going to have expectations. Regardless of what you say to set expectations, they're going to have huge expectations. And the more times that you do this, the more you're going to expose yourself to those moments on Twitter, on social media, where people are going to ba- bash on you for having a terrible show. You didn't have to do this. Yes. And, and here's the thing. It's going to backfire in a weird way if they don't figure this out because... If state of play start getting a really bad reputation for being junk, then studios and, and publishers are not going to want to promote their game it. on there. That's right. Because they're, they're going to know, okay, it's just going to get, uh, you know, 
downvote it, even though you can't do that on YouTube anymore. But you know, you know, it's gonna get it's gonna get you know some type of of ratioed thing uh, that's not gonna work in 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 that game or studio's favor. So they're gonna probably want to avoid it because it, you know the stigma of state of plays being worthless is gonna precede you know the game that they want to put on that event. So. I could see it being a real problem if Sony doesn't start making state of plays more valuable again in the future. Yeah. Uh, or else the billboard's going to be blank, you know, and you don't want that if you're Sony, obviously. So, no, right. yeah. um, moving on, um, another problem that we don't want anymore is uh, how messy and disastrous the PS5 upgrade path was for uh, going from a PS4 version of a game to the PS5 version of a game. Boy, do I hate bringing up Xbox at a time like this, but boy, do I love smart delivery. Yeah. Just, I, I just love it. It's so straightforward. There's no, there's nothing to figure out. There's no, what about this game? You yeah. know, um, there's no, okay, this is going to be a free upgrade, but this game's going to be $20 for some weird reason. Oh, they changed like the horizon forbidden West, uh, debacle where that, it it was so convoluted they had a dedicated FAQ page to explain how the That's upgrade crazy. system worked and it still didn't make sense yeah so uh, you know how much of a headache was this in your opinion uh throughout 2021 and what do you think this whole issue even though it's going to be temporary and there's going to be yeah. a a time in the future where this isn't going to matter anymore but how much did do you think this would dissuade people from wanting to buy games on a ps5 when they can go well, get it in a smarter way elsewhere yeah I mean. that's it that's the thing this is why it's so shitty at sony a lot of people don't know about this kind of the inner the ins and outs of this stuff i know i have friends who are trying to buy this game and they go hey i'm buying this i just got i got a friend of mine who just bought an xbox and he plays 2k and he's like oh i have 2k i'm like oh did you buy 2k for the next gen or no i had it for the xbox uh one x do i need it rebuy it to get next yeah you do yeah so the little things like that they don't know about but the the issue is that obviously uh 2k and, and certain games are out of the hands of sony and xbox but the issue that i'm having is that i had to pay 10 20 to get a quote-unquote director's cut from a first party game again they control that that's on sony why am i paying ten dollars to see quality of life improvements in a game when your competition is out here doing it for free like doing it on a tuesday at three o'clock and and they're doing it they're doing it for free yeah in other cases god of war is is at 60 fps yeah the last of us upgrade the last of us part two upgrade is is free so what what's the what, what what are you doing here like why can't i depend on you to stay consistent now they finally got it right after the whole horizon debacle and said okay from this point forward 10 bucks, I think that's what they said. And okay, now I have at least the price in my head. So don't like it. Okay. Yeah, it's still weird, but okay, at least now you're striving for consistency. But this was a total mess, in my opinion. And uh, it it justified how important it is to make sure the transition from last gen to to this gen is uh, for gamers because people like your friends are going to be lost in the shuffle and not yeah. knowing which way is up. And that's not how you want gamers to feel when you're and introducing them into a new generation. And let's attach the save file stuff to this to this conversation. How bad that is. We did forget to add that in here. That is so true. Yeah. That's so true. Ba- and I and I, I resisted that for a while because I, I... And I still, to an extent, think some of the developers could have 
put a little bit more effort to, but this this should have been something Sony should have thought through well, well before now. Yeah, it's not a it's not an issue of the now in terms of developers doing their job one way or the other. It's the fact that they don't that Sony themselves when they made this console did not think about this. The, the infrastructure is not there for these kind of things. That's why they people have to do these wild and crazy things right. to get that out because the PlayStation Five. When you go back, they believe in generations and they were ready to clearly just cut off PlayStation 4 completely from the entire conversation, which is a disaster if they would have done that. So they have to do these weird fucking (laughs) things to to make it work. And it sucks because that is one of my pet peeves about the PlayStation 5, about how how much it wants to be a next-gen console, but also is missing a lot of key things to being a console, which we'll get into in a second. But also doesn't jump into that next. Yeah. Yeah. It doesn't have things that are going to help you transition into the next generation. It's it's bizarre. It's bizarre. Yeah, yeah, I totally agree. And speaking of which, you know, it's something you're very passionate about is is how it is lacking in overall quality of life features and and, and missing a lot of next gen features too. So speak on that a little bit more while you're kind of on the subject. Yeah, I mean, like for me, I I think it's it's wholly unacceptable uh, for. A console that it's claiming to be next generation, which I'm looking at the box as 8K on the side of it. Oh uh, man, that's a lot of Ks. That's a lot of Ks, and it, it, and it becomes a thing where it doesn't support 1440p, no variable refresh rate. There's some UI issues, and it doesn't seem feel great. And that might seem like nothing, right? That may seem to you like, well, that's a. Ne-. It's not those things only. It's those things pile up when we talk about everything we talked about from the top of our uh, of our takeaways or our lows and then you add this to it it doesn't make a lot of sense like the, the 1440p variable re- uh, refresh rate is going to be essential going forward because there's going to be games that can run really great at 60 uh 60 frames but not so much at 4k 60 frames but busting that down to 1440p and then playing at at 60 frames that's going to be essential. The, the eyes, you can't tell the difference much between 14K and 1440p. And having a variable, variable refresh rate going from 4K to 1440p, refreshing in that way to keep the frames at a locked, uh, at a locked portion, that's going to be essential. 60 frames, 60 frames more than anything is the future of video games, right? A consistent 60 frames with a great, uh, great resolution. Yeah. And there's just certain things where it's either 4K and 60 or bust. Like either you do those two things or it's, it's 1080. 60 what the fuck what why would we do that that's <laughs> wild and it's not 1080p yeah. it's they have a a, a a weird resolution it's usually it's dynamic yeah yeah it's, yeah, it, it's yeah. just it, it's just things like this that don't make any sense especially when your competition is out here you know doing this shit in space like they're they're ready like the, the playstation 5 is is it's like halfway through and making it they forgot they were making the next generation console that, that, that's what it feels like to me like they left out these things where it's like ah, maybe we don't need it what are you talking about of course you need them it, it's crazy to me and then you know the external the, the, hard drive the external know, hard drive it's like easy. Like, i'm not gonna get into the whole thing oh it's so hard to put no it's super easy but why 686 available gigabytes on a next generation console where you're pushing digital only uh wares and, and this is what you're gonna give me available on 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 day one that's bananas that doesn't make any one terabyte isn't enough 600 you're installing if you're installing warzone you've got like three megabytes left <laughs> <laughs> you got nothing. i can't even upload a, a gif onto the goddamn no. <laughs> Yo, it's bad. It's it is bad. It's pretty inexcusable. Yeah, 
Um, yeah, it's so bad. It's so bad in that way. Yeah. Uh, speaking of bad, well, maybe not bad, but just I think in terms of just being stagnant and underutilized, PS Now, uh, yeah. I think has still remained to be just a, a very underutilized and and just um, uh, just this obscure blob of a something that you you would think Sony would really lean into more with the success of Game Pass, but. It, it and and granted, every now and again they will you know kind of put something interesting on there and and make you go oh that's cool that's a nice little add on, but it just doesn't really have any momentum at all. It's just this thing that is tucked away somewhere. It never feels integral. It in nope. any of the you know state of plays or even the showcase, it's not brought up hardly at all. It's just this kind of afterthought thing, and I think it's um. You know, it's just kind of a low thing for them right now. And, and um, you know, I wanted to get your thoughts on this as far as just how how bland it's been uh, over the year uh, and really since day one with PS Now. Yeah, it's it's it, it I, I it, unusable. I don't I don't know why who uses it. I, I don't understand it. Um, I, I know it has some to. I know it has some free games on there, I guess. But I mean, uh, I, I don't. Uh, I don't get it. I, I don't get why have this service and not do anything with it, like anything more with it. And I'm not expecting, and I'm not saying it needs to be the PlayStation's Game Pass, though it probably does. Uh, but it, they, they don't, it's not even close uh, to it. It doesn't emulate it in any real, you know, any real way. Uh, I, I, I think it's, it's, it's a waste of space right now. I think it's, it, it, look, Sony has shown this generation that they're willing to make certain changes to the way that they approach video games. This is right. The biggest one that they need. Look, Xbox, Xbox stumbled onto game pass. They were in a, they were in dire straits. They needed to, they needed something to get them out of the funk that, uh, Don Madeley put them in with the, with the launch of the Xbox one. Metric. And, Don Matrick, yeah, Madden, Don Madden, the baseball player. <laughs> Don Matrick, uh, out of the, um, you know, uh, the, the way that launched. And they they did everything they could. It still wasn't enough. And they went nuclear. They did the Netflix of uh, video games and it fucking works. So I'm not saying Sony needs to do it because they're the number one video game company, blah, 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 so on and so forth. But they need to do something quick and something soon because. I don't know where they're going to be in, the, in five, ten years from now with with Game Pass being the way Game Pass is. It, it's a hard, it, it's a hard thing to pass up. It's going to be um, they're they're making themselves Xbox is making themselves like undeniable at this point with with because of Game Pass and only because of Game Pass. So yeah, PlayStation Five needs to do something or Sony. I, I have a bold prediction for next year. I would not be shocked if they just flat out discontinue PS Now. And and come back, come yeah. back, yeah, come back with something else that's new, that's probably more integrated with PC as well. Um, you know, just to kind of bridge that gap a little bit more. Um, I can definitely see them saying, you know what, this isn't the right model, this is not the right type of service that 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 we need to do. Uh, especially when you think of the streaming gaming, which is not very good at all. It's it's very laggy. It's it's just not the right infrastructure and architecture that you need. Uh, for that type of, of service. I see them pulling this and going with a full-blown rebrand. Um, I think it'll be typical Sony, just like what they did um, this year with closing down, you know, the the PS, uh, you know, the, the, the PlayStation store for, for, yeah. for Vita owners and PS3, uh, which was another low point, you know, just yeah. from a PR standpoint. Um, 
I could see them doing something very similar to that and just saying, you know what, we're going to try something else. We'll, we'll, we'll talk about it when it's time and just do away with this completely. Cause I think it's just, it, there's, there's no, there's no, uh, real path forward here that, that, that it seems like they're willing to commit to. So, um, not the best. Um, yeah. So last thing on our list, um, and I think this is an important one, actually. Um, I, I want to kick this off to you first, talking about how the SSD has not really uh, proven to be a true game changer, as, as as promised to us. Talk a little bit about that. Yeah, I mean, look, it's, it's the first year of the console, so this could turn out to be a high point for the console. But as of right now, when... They talked about the PlayStation 5. Besides people's ears, they talked the most about SSD. <laughs> like, they talked... <laughs> you are petty as hell. You're the, you're the last you one that remembers that. send a picture of my ear, and we, we, we will do the 3D audios. Um, wow. The SSD, <laughs> the SSD, they talked, they talked about it so much. They, they kind of used it as a point of, of, of comparison to the Xbox Series X SSD. And we've seen nothing that really can say the SSD is essential. And I know people are screaming onto the, into the, in the cards to say, Ratchet and Clank, Ratchet. They've already, that there's already a breakdown of that on the internet showing how the SSD actually, the SSD on the PlayStation 5, doesn't make that essential. It, this game could actually run on PS4 because uh, of the way that they handled the, the the dimensions and all that stuff. So as of right now, they flaunt a, what it, this brings back to the to, to what I said earlier: self-inflicted wounds, shooting themselves in the foot. They talked up a motherfucker on SSD. Like SSD was yeah. like. Yeah, people, they talked about SSD so much, people thought SSD was like the game engine or like the, the, the hardware. So they didn't know, they don't even know what, I knew people who didn't know what the fucking SSD was. They were like, yeah, but the SSD. I'm like, what does it do? Well, come on, man, the SSD. You know? <laughs> <laughs> it's, they talked about it so much, people got lost in that. And that was the one thing that everybody talked about. And it, I, I mean, nope. So even now when Sony presents a game and talks about a game, they don't talk about the SSD. Not really. Not, yeah. not not like they did. So, can this be a game changer? Does it have the the, the power to be a game changer? Absolutely. Has it? This is a year review. We have to keep that in mind. Has it to this point? Absolutely not. I mean, absolutely not. There's nothing about either consoles, to be quite honest with you, that's blown us away on that hardware front. It's all about software and little things here and there uh, that they've yeah. that they, they've implemented. So, yeah. Yeah, I think at best, you know, when you think about games like, uh, you know, Spider-Man and, and Ratchet, like the fast boot up time to get yeah, right sure. in. Yeah, sure. It's cool. I mean, that that's, I mean, it's, it's a nice little convenience, but is that, um, you know, again, are we talking game changer here? And no, I don't think it's a game changer in my opinion. I think it's just a nice convenience to get you in, in the game quicker, but I and mean, you have to compare you it to Xbox and Xbox load times aren't that far off either. Uh, in fact, some, in some games, they're actually coming out a little bit ahead, you know. So it, it, in the end, I think um, the SSD is is kind of, you know, to me, as controversial as it sounds, it's much to do about nothing. Um, and I think that For in no, the future, yeah. especially as you know, uh, games are are a little bit more taxing on the hardware. I, I don't think you're going to be able to really get as much out of SSD as we were hoping for. Um, it, it it sounded great when they were demonstrating it with games from last gen, you know, like, Oh, Absolutely. here's how quick, here's how quick Spider-Man on PS4 loads up on PS5. Now, like that's not going to matter, you know, when it's an, 
actual from the ground up next gen game. Yeah. So that kind of stuff they were doing in the early stages of the PS5's reveal to me was just kind of like fool's gold. Um, yeah. You know, obviously I hoped for more, but we didn't get it. And uh, you know, at least this year, like you said, it's strictly this year we're talking about. Nah, didn't really didn't no. really make much of a difference to me. Um, so have, with that being said, I have one ahead. more Pablo low. This is just okay. Me. Oh, this is here. Here we go. How petty are you gonna get? The dual sense. Oh no 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 no! It, that. that was actually sense, a high. That's a high. The, that okay, dual that's, sense a, is, that's a Marco high. The, the Pablo low is a dual sense. So much was put into talking about the control. No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I, I can't even. I can't even front. Can't the even dual do sense that. is great. That I turn off a lot of the features sometimes, but I mean, come on, who's gonna who's who's really gonna see that controller and be like, this controller sucks? No, it's absolutely yeah. that that actually should be a high. I was just joking. Even the even the three D audio uh, has been pretty solid overall. Yeah. It's not the best, you know, you know, compared to like DTSX and Dolby Atmos, it's not it's nowhere near, but it is good. It is very good and, and I like that it's utilized very well with the first party games. First party games, but still, you know, it's yeah. utilized well, yeah. um, or for the most part, you know, some some games are doing it to their third again, parties as well. Going back, the, the, if you could t- do have actual takeaway about the controller is uh, going back to the theme of kind of shooting themselves in the foot. They really talk that controller up to a point where it's like all games are going to have it, and a lot of games don't use it the way they should, and that kind of sucks. It's not that's not really a problem with Sony's, but you know, it, yeah. it, it sucks that they so much was put into that and a lot of people when they reviewed the console that was the main thing that they talked about but you know mm-hmm. i'm sure it'll get better yeah we'll see but uh you know we got through the highs we got through the lows and and pablo now it is time to drop our grades and conclusions so i'm gonna kick it over to you first uh give me your your, your final thoughts about you know the playstation 5's year based on the highs and lows we talked about and give yeah. us your grade uh for, for sony this year i think the future is bright on the software uh, part of it and I, I don't think we can forget too much about this is at the end of the day a video game console and the software is excellent uh, for the most part uh, tomorrow next year Forbidden West and 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 God of War gonna be the great one to punch but as a next generation console and the space in which that operates the PlayStation 5 is flawed uh, while it's missing, it's missing features that may seem small and non-essential like I mentioned, there are lingering issues, and it's a pile of issues at this point. And the ecosystem that doesn't play nice with previous generations, with uploads and all that stuff, making early adopters of the system pay money for next-gen upgrades, and the promise of that SSD not coming into fruition, I I, I think that, you know, for all the highs that in terms of what PlayStation pivoting and, and, and kind of trying to change the, the ethos of the company as it moves on, I think as a console, when we look at the console itself, at the PlayStation 5, I think there's a lot of work to be done there to make that as good as whatever else is out there. And for that, I give uh, I give them a C plus for the year so far. All right. Very, very good score because I have the same exact one. Um, yeah. You know, and, and, and a lot of my reasons are, are, are relatively similar. I, I, I don't, you know, admittedly, I don't come down as hard on the hardware aspect of Sony uh, and the uh, PlayStation 5. I think that um, I think they're going to be fine throughout the generation. I think, yeah, that, of course, uh, you know, you can expect some type of, you know, mid gen, you know, updated PS5 like, you know, the pro was to PS4 uh, that will probably, you know, address a good portion of, of some of the things like hard drive space, for instance, you know, and things like that, even though you have the option of doing external stuff. Um, I think that um, if I had to pick a word to summarize this year for Sony, I think the word would be reload. I think this is a reload year for them. They yeah. they came out of the gate pretty good. Um, 
in the first few months of the PS5's life cycle with some you know pretty good games. Um, obviously, things didn't go their way with COVID-related delays and, sure. and, and setbacks, uh, which is affecting everybody, right? Um, and I think that that matters. Um, but I think that they picked up the pieces pretty well. They thought about making a lot of, um, you know, forward-thinking decisions, thinking about the future with, you know, their acquisitions and indie partnerships. Um, they're obviously not uh, putting all their eggs in the console basket now with the PlayStation PC initiative, and I think that's great from a business standpoint and exposure. Um, I think that this is just a year of kind of getting things into gear. Um, getting some things ready to go. And then I think from next year on, it's going to probably be a much more well-oiled machine for them, especially in terms of software. Um, I think you'll have a good steady flow of stuff coming out that you can always look forward to. And that's going to be important because, you know, again, not to get into Microsoft territory yet, but they, you know, on Microsoft side are gearing up as well. You know, they're not buying all these studios for nothing. And eventually the fruits of that labor and that, and that money is going to come through. So you want to make sure you're ready to answer that call. And I think that they are going to be ready next year. But this year, yeah, a little dry, not the best. Uh, the games that came out that were notable uh, were, were solid, but, you know, not quite for everybody. And I think that matters. Um, you know, the, the hardware itself in terms of UI and functionality has a ways to go. I totally agree with you there. Um, and I think that, you know, again, with the, the blunders in terms of the uh, upgrade paths and uh, this version or that version of the game and, and, and saves and stuff like that, it's just made for a more inconvenient uh, year for uh, a PS5 owner like myself than I was hoping for. So yeah, C plus for me as well uh, is what I'd give this, and uh, I think that's going to wrap up our year in review, man. For for that's the PlayStation just going to be crazy, man. It's going to be insane. Um, so you know, uh, again, this is uh, just one of our three year in reviews for uh, the consoles: uh, Switch, PS5, and Xbox uh, Series. Uh, so we will definitely be jumping in uh, sooner than later with more year in review conversations. But until then, that is going to wrap up this week's show. Uh, you know, we gave PS5 a C plus, but we're going to give you an A plus uh, for checking out this episode of the podcast. If you liked what you heard. Give it a sub on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. And also, stay connected with us in between episodes on Instagram and Twitter. That way, we'll always be in your FOV. You're welcome. And we'll see you next time. Take it easy. Mic check, one, two. Mic check, one, two. Mic check. Eat a dick. Eat a dick. Eat a dick. Eat a dick.